As Vicki just shared with us, our gospel lesson this morning comes from John chapter 3. If you'd like to follow along, you can find it in the Pew Bible on page 863. But before I read our passage, let's go to God in prayer. Holy Spirit, creative power of God, strengthen us to the depth of our humanity. Fill us with the love of Christ. Feed us with the breath of heaven so that we will share with the world, saying, this is the true I am. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The great preacher Fred Craddock tells a story about an old dog learning new tricks, and he swears that it's true. One day, Fred was visiting his niece's family that had adopted a dog that used to race. It was a big old greyhound covered in spots. You see, Fred's niece didn't like the way that race dogs were treated, and so she would adopt them when they were retired or no longer wanted. When Fred met this greyhound, he was lying down in the middle of the living room. One of the kids from the family, maybe just about toddler age, was pulling on the dog's tail, and the older child had its head over on the dog's stomach, using it as a pillow. Fred thought that the dog just seemed so happy. After supper, when his niece excused herself to put the children to bed, Fred was left alone in the den with the dog. And so he couldn't help himself. He knelt down beside it and began to talk to it as he petted. it. You're such a good dog, aren't you? You're just a big, beautiful dog. How are you doing today, Mr. Greyhound? And that dog looked right back at Fred and said, I'm doing great, Fred. 
thanks for asking. How are you? Now remember, Fred swears this is a true story. He was stunned. He had heard of miracles like Jesus turning water into, the, into wine, but he had never heard of a talking dog. After an uncomfortable silence, Fred did what he would do with anyone else. He began to make some small talk. Uh, so I heard that you were a racer. Do you miss the glamour and the excitement of the track? The dog answered, no, I've got all the excitement and glamour I could want right here. Oh, well, why did you stop racing, Fred asked. Did you get too old? No, I still have some race left in me. Oh, well, did you get hurt then? The dog said, no, I was and am still in great racing shape. Fred was puzzled, and so he thought for a minute, and then he delicately asked, Did you stop racing because you were mistreated? The dog said, Oh, no. I was treated like royalty then and still am now. Well, did you stop racing because you weren't winning anymore? The dog answered, No, I won millions for my owner. In fact, I could still keep winning money for him if I was racing now. Then what was it that made you stop racing, Fred asked. The dog said, I quit. <laughs> you quit? You just quit? Yep, I sure did. Fred was taken aback. Why would you ever quit? The dog answered, Well, if you really want to know, one day I was running as fast as I could around that track. I was running faster than I ever had before, and I finally caught up with that thing that I had always been chasing, that elusive rabbit that they had out in front of me. And you know what? I discovered that what I was chasing around that track all this time wasn't really a rabbit at all. So I quit. Before Fred could say anything else, the dog looked dead into his eyes and said, Fred, all that running, I was exhausting myself to death. And what I was chasing wasn't even real. I think many of us can relate to that feeling. Chasing the idea of a perfect mate. Or the idea of a dream career. Or perhaps someone else's idea of who we should be. Only to realize that we have attained something that wasn't all it was cracked up to be. The grass wasn't greener on the other side. But as the old greyhound learned, and as Nicodemus struggles to learn in our passage this morning, there is hope for us old dogs yet. 
Craddock's greyhound saw something that he could not unsee and changed his ways. Maybe it is possible to teach an old dog new tricks. And perhaps if we are truly reborn, we will see the kingdom of God just as he suggests. The story of Nicodemus in John 3 is one of numerous examples throughout the Gospel of John where an individual is confronted by Jesus' words. These are moments of judgment, a decision point where one must accept Jesus' teaching and action or not. And in quite a few instances in the Gospel of John, they actually don't accept Jesus' words and instead seek to kill him for blasphemy. But Nicodemus saw something in Jesus. He knew that he must have the Spirit of God to perform the signs he was performing. And so he went to Jesus under the cover of night to learn from this teacher. He was itching for something more He was a Pharisee, part of a small Jewish brotherhood that took an oath to uphold every detail of the law. Now, contrary to what you have heard about Pharisees, they were genuine in their belief and in their actions. Nicodemus was no different, but he was intrigued by Jesus and sought to learn what he could teach him. However, Nicodemus was searching with the mindset of what he could do, and therein lies the problem. So it's no wonder that he was taken aback when Jesus told him he must be born again. I guess that that didn't make the list of the top thousand things Nicodemus thought Jesus could teach him. You see, the Greek word Jesus uses here in verse 3 is anathen, and it has multiple meanings. I think that we can understand it when we let all three of these meanings sit equally beside each other. It can mean to be born again. This is clearly how Nicodemus understood it, that Jesus was saying that he must be born a second time. And Nicodemus thought Jesus was joking. Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Not joking. The idea of being born again was of a spiritual birth this time. It's why Jesus later on in the passage clarifies that there is a birth of water and of spirit. We necessarily are physically born, but we also need to have a spiritual birth. Anathan also means, as the NRSV translation puts it, to be born from above. This makes sense in the larger context of the Gospel of John, since the arc of the Gospel of of John has Jesus as the man from above, 
who has come to the below to perform signs, offer salvation, and then return to the above. You see, to be reborn isn't about what we do. It's an act of God's grace. Being reborn is not about the Pharisee checking off the right box or fulfilling the right law. It's about opening ourselves up to God's working within us. But this Greek word, anathen, also means anew. And so Jesus isn't only saying that it's about the Spirit at work in us. He's saying that to be reborn means that we have a radical change take place within us. That once the Spirit has breathed life into us and opened our eyes to the reign of God, we have been reborn and we can no longer act as if we are blind. If we have been reborn, born from above, born anew, then we don't have any other choice than to stop chasing what isn't real and to start living a new way as a new creation, part of God's kingdom here on earth. Nicodemus had bought into the idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. How can anyone be born after growing old? He asks this a little tongue-in-cheek, but also as a grown man himself. His heart was screaming, impossible. But, as Whitney Houston so eloquently reminds us in Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, the world is full of zanies and fools who don't believe in sensible rules and won't believe what sensible people say. And because these daft and dewy-eyed dopes keep building up impossible hopes, impossible things are happening every day. You see, I think Rogers and Hammerstein borrowed that message from Jesus because here he is telling us that it is possible. You can't see the wind but you hear it. The Spirit is at work. And if we open ourselves up to it, we can be reborn. The grace of God is powerful enough to cause radical change within us. And that which seems impossible becomes possible. But once that change has occurred, once we've seen the kingdom of God, we can't go back. A few weeks ago, I watched the Leon County School Board as they were debating over the mask mandate for kindergarten through grade eight. What struck me was a board member, Daryl Jones, said over and over again, I can't unsee what I've seen. I can't unknow what I know. 
Jones was struggling with how he was being called to respond to the hurt in the world, having learned of a student's passing from COVID-19. I think the same is true for those of us who have had the Spirit breathe new life into us. As children of God who have been born again, we cannot unsee the hurt in our world. We cannot unknow injustice. As those who are reborn, Christ says we have seen the kingdom of God. And so, having been radically changed by seeing what the reign of Christ might look like, we work to make our education system more equitable by doing things like partnering with Seely Elementary School or providing scholarships for at-risk children through Faith Preschool. We seek to speak truth to power by partnering with other local congregations through the Capital Area Justice Ministry. We strive to stomp out hunger by installing help shelves around Tallahassee and continuing to support and grow the ministry that is Manna on Meridian. But there is still more work to be done. We can no longer afford to lurk in the shadows of night. We can no longer chase things that are not real, that even when caught are ultimately fleeting. We have been reborn, and it is time for us to help bring about that kingdom, the kingdom of God, here on God's earth. To the glory of God. Amen.